Hey friends, welcome to Motherhood in Hollywood, episode 150. Can you believe it? Well, we are celebrating this big episode with a wonderful guest today, my friend Mindy Cohn from Facts of Life and numerous other projects throughout the years. She's going to be talking to us about a possible Facts of Life reunion. I know you guys might have read about that in the news, and she's going to talk a little bit about that. So let's get started. Here we go. Come on, Mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hi, friends. I hope you're having a great week so far. I cannot believe this is episode 150. This is a big deal. Like, I feel like I should have made like a a bigger fuss about it. But honestly, it snuck up on me. And um, here we are. But I am so thrilled to have such an incredible guest today. Mindy Cohn from The Facts of Life is here. And I have to say, we actually recorded this um, before the news came out about uh, The Facts of Life reunion. I don't know if you guys saw that, but she talked about it a little bit in my episode about what was happening with Leonardo DiCaprio and Jessica Biel. And I was so excited to share that sort of scoop with everyone. Um, but apparently the um, the trades and the media got a hold of it before I could do that. But, you know, it's so funny. My, um, my podcast isn't really timely or newsy in any way. I kind of like it to be evergreen so anybody could listen at any point in time, you know, and enjoy it. But um, this happens to be one of those episodes where there's actually happening a, a lot happening in the facts of life world. Um, as a matter of fact, um, yesterday, Charlotte Ray passed away, who, as you know, was on the facts of life. And as Mindy mentions in this show, um, was a mentor of her, hers. And um, she, you know, we recorded this before any of this happened. Um, so it's just been a, a, a weird coming together of like facts of life news that all just happened to be come out right at the time this episode is coming out with Mindy. So keep that in mind when you're listening to this episode. And um, man, I just love this lady. She's so passionate about this industry, but real realistic about it. You know, she's been acting since she was 13 and she'll tell you the story of how she got discovered in her high school. And to still be doing it and still be an actor and still have a love for it um, after so many years of doing it is very inspiring for me because honestly, I've been doing this for about 10 years now uh, as a professional actor and I am like, (laughs) I'm ready to sort of, um, there are definitely days when I'm ready to hang it up and go, what have I gotten myself into? Have I made a huge mistake with my life? You know, whatever. Um, We all have those moments of self-doubt, right? But Mindy is um, very inspirational in that she's just kept, she keeps going and she keeps working and she keeps, you know, having a, um, a passion for this business. So I'm really excited to share this interview with you all and um, make sure you take a minute to follow Mindy on all her social media channels. And I will put those up on motherhoodandhollywood.com as well. So what's happening in our world this week. Let's see. Oh, I'm going to the Crazy Rich Asians premiere this week to interview the cast. Have you guys read those books? They're very popular books. And um, 
I uh, oh did I turn my phone off? That's embarrassing. Hello, profesh. Um, they're very popular books, series of books, and now it's been made into a movie. I actually saw the movie a few months ago um, at a sneak screening from Warner Brothers, and it's so good. Like it's so good. I don't think they'll mind me saying that um, because I'm not giving away any details. But it's like a world we haven't seen before in this way. We've seen movies that have filmed overseas in um, in China and, and um, in Asia, but this is different. This is, has a different feel to it. It's about love and romance, and you just, you know, you get swept up in the love story. So I'm really excited to interview the cast. It should be a really good time. So uh, switching gears a little bit, I have to say I am kind of anxious and nervous because coming up in the next couple of weeks, uh, Channing will be starting kindergarten. And... I think she's a little excited, but she's also a little nervous. Um, I, for one, am going to be a hot mess of tears because kindergarten is a big deal. Like I cried on the first couple of days that she went to preschool, but kindergarten is a, it feels so real. <laughs> it feels like it's official. Um, but I, I know she's going to do great. We just hope mommy can hold it together um see like even now I'm getting choked up just thinking about it but I'm gonna be okay you guys send me send me your strength and your good vibes because I'm I'm uh my baby's growing up it's been she's five now motherhood in Hollywood was started three years ago um for those who don't know Channing was about two years old when I started motherhood in Hollywood she was two years old when I started motherhood in Hollywood and as a way to connect with other moms in my industry other women in my industry and um, still feel connected to a creative part of myself that was missing. And it has been fulfilling beyond my wildest dreams. This podcast has meant the world to me. Every single person who has listened to this episode, who has listened to this show, it means so much to me. This mom who started something as an idea in my office and now it has grown into something so much more. And um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for every person who subscribed, who has left a review, who has followed me on social media. I'm really honored that you, um, <clears throat> I'm not going to cry. I'm really honored that you have taken the time to support me in that way. This mama feels it. I feel the love, you guys. Um, so send me even send me a little love in the next couple of weeks as my little one goes off to kindergarten. <laughs> I'll be okay. Um, okay, I'm gonna wrap up my mommy monologue because I am dying to get to this interview today with Mindy Cohn. She is wonderful. Um, she has an amazing, incredible, inspiring story, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. So here is my interview with Mindy Cohn. Oh my goodness, you guys, I am so excited because today my guest is Mindy Cohn from Facts of Life and about a million other things that you've been working on throughout That's your right. illustrious career. And we have so much to talk about. But first of all, hi, welcome. Hi, it's so good to see you. It's been way too long. It has been way too long. So I am, I, we should tell everybody, I first met you in an acting class. Yes. Um, when I think Channing was like maybe a year old, like not very old at all. At all. And I was trying to kind of dip my toe back in the water of being in a community of actors again. Mm -hmm. I had missed that so much um, because it really does make a difference when you're an actor if you're around other actors. Yes. 
Um, a certain kind of other actor. A certain kind of other actor. <laughs> actors who are also wanting to be in that community. And, mm-hmm. and you just happened to be in my class. And I thought, this is amazing. And you're so nice and lovely and warm and welcoming to everybody. Just people um, I like. Just the people you like. Yes. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about, well, why why is it important for you to stay in an acting class? Like, why did you decide to, to jump in an acting class? Um, I just think it's important, especially in a city like this where the business overruns the artistic flavor. Flavor. You know, every (laughs) other city elevates the arts because it's kind of a section of what that city has to offer. Right. Um, And especially New York, you know, there is a sense of community. So while there's competition in these cities, there is more camaraderie than competition. L.A. doesn't quite work like that. People here are very secretive. There's yeah. a lot of shame attached for some reason. <laughs> Not everyone is a, you know, proud card-carrying member of, you know, equity and SAG. I don't know why, but um, I am not a self-hating actor. I actually love what I do. That's so interesting that you say that. proud of what I do. Yeah, because that is true. That, yeah. That's so interesting. So for me, it's always really important that for, for the kind of actress that I am and the roles that, uh, you know, I can be up for especially here and not in New York where, you know, it's not always just about the hair. That is (laughs) seriously a note I got once. It's like, we're just not sure about the hair. Really? What? Wow. Way to think of uh, expansion there. Wow. Um, Where, uh, you know, I just, I like to feel that if I don't have an audition, if I'm not working on a gig, to play that you're still an actor to work yeah to to use the muscles I mean my whole like credo that my original teacher Larry Moss told me is you know it's like you want to have access to your emotions but not be a slave to them and you don't want to wait till you work to work out everything yeah you know you want everything to kind of be accessible so that way the audition rooms aren't nerve-wracking for me right if you're in class every week or every whatever yeah um yeah you just kind of wear it like a loose garment yeah and it's much easier for me to navigate um, through it all. That is such a great reminder because I find myself sometimes in a rut where I'm like, am I an actor? I haven't really acted in a long time. And I'm like, does that do I, can I still call myself an actor? And you start to kind of feel a little defeated and like the business side is overrunning you because it is, it feels so much more overrun. And, and yes. that's interesting that you say it's different in New York. Well, and I'll, I want to preface this to Heather by saying that, most acting classes don't fit into what I would call this kind of, you know, expression yeah. of yourself, right? Yeah. I need to get paid money to memorize a line and do a scene and put makeup on and have a scene partner. That is, to me, that is not what I need, right? Right. So that's why where we found each other, I mean, it's just sort of this sense of play. And and there should be no pressure. And at the same time, you should be so comfortable that you can really take risks and embarrass yourself and you know, not have the pressure of memorizing, et cetera. So, you know, I, any acting classes, and I'll dare, I'll say, you know, a lot of them run by out of work actors. I stay away. Like I run I'm the other s- way. Like I'm it's, so it's no bueno. That's so interesting. Cause I, I interviewed someone a few weeks ago and I told them, I said, I have a, I'm hesitant to take classes by actors who are not working actors. And I don't know, I can't quite verbalize why I'm hesitant to do that. Cause I feel like it is the competition of the things. Like you don't really know if they're giving you genuine advice or if they're like calling their agent 
and going, Hey, this chick in my class got this, you know, I mean, you like to think most people are good and, and they're genuine in their notes, especially if they're acting teachers, but you just don't know this town is so competitive. Right. So and, competitive. and what auditioning is about and what acting is about is really giving it away and listening. And mm-hmm. if your teacher or instructor is so not fulfilled or jaded <laughs> and jaded in what they're doing, mm-hmm. I mean, I have an example of this, um, actress person who is a brilliant writer. She started teaching writing and she was so gnarly and come to and on her student and they come to realize she had to be the best writer in there uh, and she was jealous of her students. Okay. Oh, that's that's not good. No, no, you know, so it imploded. Yeah. So, um, what kind of acting do you gravitate towards? Do you like to do comedy more? Do you like to do drama or are you at the point where you're like, just give me something fun to do that I enjoy? I mean, I'm just seriously all about the work. Yeah. Um, I've definitely hit an age at 52 where, you know, I, I'm just not going to play the Nickelodeon or Disney channel mom. (laughs) It's not going to (laughs) happen. There, there are, you know, and I'm not judging at all. I promise you that, but there are certain things I, I just, that's not acting and that is not work that I want to be doing. Yeah. Um, I see myself on stage eight shows a week when I'm 90. Um, I just think the best is yet to come as far as what I've been offered. I've definitely been pigeonholed in comedy. By the way, it's a great hole to be pigeoned into. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> but I, I am looking for my version of my misery or my American yes. horror story where I actually, you know, going back to class, you know, sometimes we all talk about it too. It's like my best stuff I've got going has been in class. Yeah. You know, where no one's going to see it. Where no one will ever see it. (laughs) And most casting directors aren't going to see me for roles like that because I don't tick that box. And at the same time, I just remember the brilliant Sally Field said to me so many years ago, you know, Mindy, for years I was Gidget and then the Flying Nun. And then I had one audition and one movie and one person took a chance and and we did Sybil and I became a movie star. Yeah. So... For me, the terminal optimist that I am, I I can't wait for the next thing. It it does not demean anything that I've done in the past, and totally. I'm not proud. I you know not not proud, but I'm excited at what's to come. In answer to your question, very long winded, and I apologize. No, no, no. <laughs> um, you know, yes, comedy, drama, all of it, all of it, definitely all of it. Um, did you know at a young age that you wanted to be an actor? Cause I know you've been acting since you were very young. No, I got discovered by Norman Lear. I, uh, facts of life was the last Norman Lear show he did before he retired. Um, and, and handed the company off to Alan Horn and, uh, which then became Castle Rock. So Alan and, and Glenn Padnick and Rob Reiner. And, um, he came to Westlake school for girls, which is now Westlake Harvard. But at the time I went, it was an all-girl private school, and they knew the premise of Facts of Life, that they were going to take Charlotte Ray from different strokes and turn her into this kind of like house mother person at this all-girls school. And they came to authenticate scripts, and I was one of the students they talked to, and Charlotte came over to me and she said, I just asked Norman, I want to write a part for you in my show. I was 13, had just been bought mitzvahed. You know, what did I know? I'm right going into ninth grade. All I could think about was like pre-SATs, like, you know, and yeah, what, yeah. right already at one of those college prep schools. It's yeah, all you it's think like about you is academics, early. right? Yeah. And I was just like, okay, oh my gosh, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and two weeks later, I'm on the set of 
what we now call a pilot, but back then, in the good old days, <laughs> they gave you four episodes. And I think it was because of Charlotte and being a different yeah, show, yeah. spinoff, and Norman. Yeah. <laughs> NBC kind of just said, here, do four episodes. That's and that was pedigree. my summer vacation that year, in the month of August. I, I learned how to work on a sitcom. Wow. And we thought this was going to be a little summer activity, and... Bob's your uncle, you know, <laughs> 10 years later, yeah. uh, it just kept going. And through that process, obviously I met mentors and women that truly changed my life. And again, very serendipitous, just like I was discovered. I got chosen by Geraldine Page and Ruth Gordon and then Cloris Leachman, you know, and they just, we became a little coven. Um, and I really learned how to uh, embrace that even though I was discovered, this is a craft, this is an art form. Do you want to do it? Then this is how you do it. And you take it seriously. You don't take yourself seriously. Yeah. And this is what you do, not who you are. So it really, I just had the best school and the best teachers in the whole world. Do you ever look at, because um, you essentially grew up on television before yeah. our eyes. Do you ever look at young kids now who are starting out in acting or who are becoming these stars, huge stars at such young ages, and think, man, I'm so glad I didn't have to grow up in the age of social media as an entertainer. Like I just see them plastering their whole lives and being like, um, attacked for every single, their hairstyle, their clothing choices, all of that stuff. Well, that's, that's the autographs and sunglasses part. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the business of being famous. Yeah. It's not being an actor. Yeah. So for me, clearly I'm so grateful. And my gaggle who, some of whom, uh, our actors and actresses, and we've just known each other for 30 years, yikes, say like, thank God we didn't have, we think of paparazzi too, and people with camera phones, the yeah. S-I-H-I-T, we did, <laughs> you know, oh my God, thank God it wasn't, you know, seen, I mean, not, you know, not Lindsay Lohan territory, right, but right. Heather, pretty damn close. Um, we went out so, for drinks one time after class, and I remember you were a little tipsy, <laughs> and guess. you said, "You, I've got stories I could tell you, and I'm like, someone get Mindy another drink. We need to hear these stories. I mean, these tell-all book. <laughs> listen, there's just never going to be a book. When is the book? Ever. <laughs> never, ever. Um, did you sleep with George Clooney? No, I did not sleep okay. with George Clooney. I have slept... I have bested George Clooney, and he would even tell you that. What? Yeah, pretty what? much. What do you mean? Like somebody hotter than George Clooney? Yeah. Oh, my God. Who? Brad Pitt. Uh, I mean, like, guess. really? <laughs> I'm going to get... No, no, no. I'm just fascinated because back then it seems like stars were left alone a little bit more, and you could live your life. You could go out with your friends, and there, were PR there wasn't parties. people tracking you. No, there were PR part parties there were events to go to mm -hmm. and there were photographers and you knew them because there was a little cadre of them yeah and there wasn't like a hundred or no and they were always at the same places and they left you alone and I do think the biggest change I think more than social media is people can record and and access anything and everyone yes. and so Gone is private dining. Yeah. Gone is shopping. Gone yeah. is going out of your house with no makeup on, whatever that means to you. You know, and I think that's even, I mean, it's social media, at least you have a choice of what you want to post. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about kids, obviously. But right. um, the other, to me, is much more invasive. You know, yeah. you're walking through an airport and, you know. Do or, people just come right up to you and are like, oh my God, let me take your picture? Well, gratefully, I always define my my 
fame, if you want to call it a recognizability. I'm, I'm like Fonzie's jacket under glass. <laughs> I'm like a bit of nostalgia for everyone. I think people see what? me. They don't see Mindy. They don't know me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They see Natalie yeah. and a character, and like they grew up with me. I bring a smile to the face. Right. It really is like seeing that. And what they think about is not me. They think about themselves for that decade. Sure. And I find that quite lovely. I don't know how someone, and I know some people, as we both probably do, uh-huh. that so want to, you know, push that away. And, oh, oh sure. I'm not that. Well, of course I'm much more than that, but I'm also that. And I find it to be absolutely amazing that I literally can go to Africa, to Peru, to parts of Europe, and people... People know who you Natalie, are. Natalie! Oh, that's you know, so, it's so cute. cute. I love that. That's so, so sweet. So I don't have the... No one chases me down. You know, that le- the level I'm at is A-OK with me. You know, yeah. I have friends who literally, it's, it's such a hardship. They can't even, like, go to the grocery store or something. I have to tell you, um, one of the biggest compliments that I've ever gotten and still continue to get, and you might not think it's a compliment, but I get people mistake me for you a lot. You're kidding. Not even Well, kidding. I don't know if it's a compliment for you. Is it? It's a compliment for me. Heck I mean, yeah. I love me, like, but I am a little self-deprecating. Like, <laughs> I don't wish me on anyone. I, I remember um, the first time it happened, I was giving a tour at Universal Studios Hollywood, the entertainment capital of L.A. Yes. And I was giving a tour, and I got off, and a group of tourists came up to me, and they're like, are you that girl from Facts of Life? And I was like, you mean Mindy Cohn? <laughs> you think I'm Natalie from Facts of Life? And they were like... Um, oh yeah, you just look so much like her and your characteristics. And I was like, oh my God. And so they took a picture with me and I told them I wasn't. Don't worry. I did not try to oh steal God, your please, identity. Oh my God, please perpetrate the fraud if you I get perks. Are you kidding? But um, it still happens. As a matter of fact, oh. somebody the other day, I posted an interview I did for NBC and somebody the other day go, is that Mindy from Facts of Life interviewing? Oh my gosh. Well, it first happens of all, a lot. That's not going to last very long. <laughs> oh, stop. Heather Booker, oh, may stop. I just say. It was really sweet. I get compared. I get compared to you a lot or people think I'm you. If people think I'm you and it's really sweet. Maybe oh. it's our blue eyes and our charming personality. I, I think, I think sure also it. our energies are very similar. Yes. Very, very similar. Yes. Yeah. I think so too. But Which, I think it's a huge compliment. Thank so. you for that, Heather. Yeah. Shoot. I, I don't it. mind. Um, I wanted to add, do you still talk to the, your castmates from Facts of Life? Yes, I do. Very, you, very much so. You know, um, oh my gosh, I just had a total brain fart. Who are you thinking of? Um, Tootie. Kim? <laughs> yes, Kim. Yeah. I'm going to have to edit Kim that out. Kim and I are probably the closest. Kim was far- on my podcast last <gasps> fall talking oh. about her book, or, or a few months ago talking about her book. Yes. Yeah, she was she lovely. She has such an entrepreneur. I have to say that I, Kim still gobsmacks me with her business acumen on how to sell herself and I mean that in the best way possible yeah yeah I'm not a good self-promoter and I'm insanely uncomfortable with that yeah she is not and by the way I've known her since she was 10 <laughs> has always been that way right, there is right. no put on that she's got is, that hustle she has her hustle on and mm-hmm. I mean in the best way a hustle could be right and I so respect that about yeah. her yeah yeah that's a lot. so great we're I think, very different that way I think fans will will love to know that you guys are still friends and you still keep in touch because you she's always hate my sister I mean we always are, hate to hear people who are on a show and they're like oh they hate each other in real life and they never talk and it's like oh well that's a huge bummer I have but. to say the four of us could not be more different from each other mm-hmm. truly in every aspect how we were raised mm-hmm. our family lives our personal lives, um, what we think about things, whether it be politics or um, husbands, wives, um, issues. 
So it's actually quite amazing that we even are able to get along. Sure. I mean, I, I have to say that I swear like a truck driver, and Lisa Welchel indulges me because she knows that's I'm not doing it <laughs> to upset her. Right, right, right. I know she'd prefer me not to, but she also knows that I've been talking like a sailor, you know, <laughs> forever. <laughs> so, you know, it's that's a good example, you right. know, or the fact that Nancy is incredibly private. And so, you know, we all don't talk about each other. Let me put it that way. Yeah, yeah And yeah. we've never done that. There's never going to be or will be a tell-all yeah. of the 10 years we spent together. Do you think there will be a reunion show of any kind? Because there's so many so. reboots happening. There's so many reimaginings. Like, we need to I, see that. I agree. I want to see that. I Listen, I, I agree. But at the same time, the difference is we weren't a family. We were girls in school. And I think it can jump the shark a little. Yeah. If you revisit these w- women not in the hands of 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 something. That environment. So I'll, I'll break news. Uh oh, look out. There's a very, very, very acclaimed writer producer. Mm-hmm. I'll drop names. <laughs> Sex in the City, the big C. Oh wow. Yeah, the real deal. Who's one of my dearest friends? Who said, I don't want to do a reboot. What about it? We were throwing these ideas around. Kim and I had started talking and, and we threw these ideas around and we went to Sony, who owns the show. Well, Sony apparently had a meeting and said, You won't believe who's interested. Blankety blank. And you know, studios have deals with actors and their production companies and they're more than ecstatic to give a property they own to one of these production companies and they don't have to pay them. So may I inform you and your audience who owns the rights to Facts of Life and who sucked it right out from (gasps) under me? Who? Leonardo DiCaprio and Jessica Biel. Their production companies have the rights to Facts of Life. So I don't know what they're doing. It obviously doesn't involve me or any of the girls because we would have heard about it. But they must have pitched something to Sony where Sony said, you may now have the rights to it. So was Leo the other guy other than George Clooney that you slept with? (laughs) <laughs> okay, I could birth Leo. So, so no, while I, while I plan to be an incredibly great, dirty old lady after I get married. Um, uh, cougar. Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. I, I will be it. one of those 90-year-olds that has, that has a little playmate uh, for sure. Um, uh, no. That's crazy. So they yeah. own the rights. Do they have a production company together? Or no, Apian Way is Leo's, and I don't know Jessica, the name of Jessica's. You know, you you don't know whether to be pissed or flattered. And you also, you know, it just bums you out because I, you know, I am a little covetous of the character. This is one of our beefs that the four, I can I can now speak for the four girls mm-hmm. that we have. Is I think the bis, biggest misunderstanding is that, you know, one of the reasons Friends people and Seinfeld has the money they have is because people like us didn't get the residuals like that. So right. I think people would be shocked to know that we actually don't make money and haven't made money in a really long time. I can't believe that. So that the 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 lives to which we have become accustomed mm. is based on actually working. Now, nothing any of us done has been as famous or as recognized as facts of life. But I think there is something when you talk about like, I don't know, my kindness, my my ease with the world is that I have been able to support myself mm-hmm. very well for 35 years. People may not know that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think it's based on residuals. But one of our beefs is that, you know, of course we don't own those characters. Right. But it's challenging to to not have a, a say. Yeah. I have to say in what happens to them 
Yeah. Has anybody ever thought about reaching out to Leo's company and like pitching an idea or is that even something on the table or? I don't think it's on the table. With your I big kind name of, producer. I know my big name producer and writer, you know, and I kind of felt the same way. It's like, and scene. I mean, it, it's not ours. It's not ours yeah. to do anything, to try and do anything with now. And so it, it really is. Is a call. It's not a call for us to make. To I'm gonna them. call Leo. Do it. I'm gonna call and Do find it. out because I think on his we door. need to see that and just be like, "Hey, listen, we've got some ideas." And whatever you're doing involve Mindy. Yeah, and whatever you're doing, you've got to have Mindy and the rest of the girls in yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think anybody would watch if it wasn't like all of you all together. Well, we'll I think, see. It yeah. could be like an idea of, yeah. like, you know, well, referencing it's like that, of, right? It's like, There's a few of those. Um, are you, have you been watching what's going on with the Roseanne show? I have. What are your thoughts on that? If you want to share, you don't have to. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I think you can't talk about it without saying that, and, and she obviously is incredibly forthcoming about it. You know, the reason that the reboot happened wasn't Roseanne. It was Sarah Gilbert. Right. Who has had tremendous success, obviously, producing and starting, you know, her, her, sh- her talk show. Right. She's the one that got it all together and is the executive producer. So the network wasn't dealing with Roseanne. They were de- they're dealing with Sarah. Right. You know, and I'm sure... Um, I do have opinions about what should, could, whatever happen. Yeah. But the fact of it coming back without Roseanne, I just find it to be not incredibly satisfying. Yeah. And that, I feel the same and way. And that, yes, while it employs people. Yeah. Um, boy, do I get that. Yes, Okay, yes. so that bit I understand. But please do not tell me that the only reason the actors are doing it is to keep the crew working. Yeah. Really? Because you guys are the only one that got paid. Yeah. Crew didn't get paid for the episodes that didn't air. Yeah. So like that's that's the kind of business stuff that yeah. like I actually don't mind just saying my opinion like no bueno. Yeah, yeah. Don't like how that feels. Yeah. Call me a you know a borderline the, the, social democrat. A lot of people, like, a lot of people don't know <laughs> that the cast has a set deal usually in situations like that. They have a preset paid number of episodes whether they air or not that they're still going to get paid for but the crew doesn't so if only eight episodes right. air then the crew um will not get paid paid for the rest of the episodes that don't air right um but yeah i i personally don't know that i'm as interested i mean i want to give it a shot just because i actually thought the writing was very clever and very in yes i'm a it, huge fan of whitney cummings yes. and the other writers on the show 100 percent. me too but I, so I would like to watch and see what they're going to do with it before I judge. But at the same time, I'm like, Roseanne was the matriarch of that show. And the whole show was based on a character that she created. Whether or not you agree with what she said, which I hope you do not agree with what she tweeted. Of course. Yeah, but, you I know, do not but agree. Like, but I do have I to just, say, it, it, it's reminiscent of the Kathy Griffin yes, fallout. Yes. I don't yeah. quite get, I don't follow the logic train of some people really paying a price and yes. some people not. My feeling is, and yes, the behavior is abhorrent. Sure. A hundred percent. Sure. And whatever her boss wants to do about that, I, I co-sign it and I'm, I have no right. opinion. Like, okay. Right. But that's others, you know, don't suffer. Right. Um, don't have their, their careers slapped away. Now, Kathy Griffin's uh, uh, experience is completely different. Right. But the fact of what happened to her happened yeah. to me is so shameful mm. and so upsetting. Um, yeah. Compared to other people who have talked about our president and done things. Yeah. Whether you like it at taste level aside. Yeah. I just found, you know, to decimate someone and someone's career and livelihood. Yes. 
over it's, a, it's over upsetting Heather. it is upsetting do you find that you're um politically involved are you politically active do you, are you very are you the actor that doesn't shy away from like posting about their political beliefs I save that for Twitter right I do have to say my Instagram which is is more of what I focus on mm-hmm. it's it's personal and, yeah, and I am I am one yeah. of those like photo with a little pithy thing like I just <laughs> I've taken photographs when disposable cameras were in like I right, am right. I like to document yeah so that is definitely my you know I'm not on as my granny Rose would say the Facebook um but I use the Twitter um for political stuff having said that um I'm I'm not as vocal about things as other people are right what I'm more interested in is you know all the money going to the PSAs and etc about get out to vote I'm really working on a strategy with friends of mine for for the day because yeah. I think a lot of people are either ashamed that they didn't vote on the day and tell tell people that they did vote right or they have the full intention of going, but the day comes and the line's too long. Yeah. And and that whole whole thing about I don't care how much you the intention is to vote, what's happening on the day. And so I think Why aren't we, you getting we there all need to have different strategies about how to get people there. I think what I love about you as well is you have such a um a kind heart and you have a a spirit of wanting to be inclusive and to give. And that is why I'd love to talk to you about what you're doing with Heifer. Oh, thanks Heather. Tell me a little bit more about that and what the organization is and how people can get involved. Well, I think a lot of people have heard of it if they've heard of it as, Oh my gosh, you can buy a duck and buy chickens and buy a cow and send it. (laughs) And a lot of people do that as Christmas gifts. And that is part of the fundraising aspect. But what Heifer International does all around the world, but including America and our projects here in the Appalachians is going to um, rural, uh, mostly uh, populations that are dominated by women. Um, and, and it's a women empowerment and it's a way to um, make their themselves, their family, but then their community sustainable, whether it's food or developing products like milk from the goat, like eggs from the chicken. So, uh, to, to be prolific and to actually like not only make a living, but um, put their little community on the map. Uh, most of these communities that we go to, and it's everywhere, like I said, the Appalachians, Haiti, Africa, uh, Cambodia, are places that are so remote and mostly dominated by women. There are very few men around mm-hmm. um, for various reasons, whether it's war or, or, or different circumstances. Right. Um, and it's really about changing the lives of these women and their children and the communities. So is this where you go in and you teach them like life skills and, and job skills and that sort of thing? Or we donate livestock and slash depending on irrigation systems, okay. how to get clean water, oh, that's so um, how to how to make pasteurized milk, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. one thing to milk a cow or a goat. It's another yeah. to be able to sell that milk. Right. So there's a system that has to be in place and an investment. Okay. And what ends up happening is it not, doesn't just affect the family that we gift. It affects their whole community, jobs, um, sustainability, independence. Um, and it's really uh, remarkable to see these. And so one of the projects we're fundraising for specifically is this Vietnam project um, that is a $5 million project and basically wow. transforming the middle of that country. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting stuff. And so you, it's building infrastructure. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's not just 
skill set. It's it's life skills too, not just how to make a living. It's like community building 100%. in remote areas that are highly concentrated, have highly con- high concentrations of women and with children. in leadership and with children. Tell me how people can donate to that or get involved. Really easy because it's www.heifer.org. Okay. Um, like most organizations that people talk about, especially here in the States, we used to have this big, horrible dinner at the Montage Hotel in Beverly Hills. <laughs> and I literally, you know, we all just wanted, our brains started falling out of our ears how we could do something different. Yeah. And, and through the kindness and generosity of Bob Greenblatt, uh, the head of NBC, who gave us last year a little section of the back lot of Universal Studios. And we had to, we concentrated on fundraising of two areas, um, Appalachia uh, and Vietnam. So in the Vietnam section, we had Vietnamese food and dancing, and we, of course, had live animals. Right. And in the back, we had mac and cheese and fried chicken and a bluegrass band. And it was really, it's a couple hours at Universal Studios, and it was a party, and it was so successful Ticket prices, instead of being $500 a ticket, oh my God, you know. Yeah, yeah. We made it affordable so people could buy four tickets and bring their kids. So we have face painting. And it really is an afternoon. Yeah. Had so much success that gratefully Bob has not only re-upped himself personally and underwritten a significant portion of the event this year, which is going to be October 21st, um, but we have the whole... Um, back to the future square with the big clock. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's a really great, great way to share the heifer spirit. There's no honoree. There's no boring speeches. There's no, (laughs) you know, it's just a mingle and like, uh, you know, hanging out type of event, but is also a fundraiser. So that's great. Yeah. Sometimes people get in a mindset of this is what a fundraiser looks like. And we have an MC, we have a host, and we have, we have a keynote speaker and this is what's going to bring in the money. Um, but honestly, I think if you bring have, let people bring their families and you give them something to do. I've noticed that just going to as many events as I get invited to lately, the ones that are the most memorable and the most fun and the make me want to go out and buy the movie, see the movie, whatever are the ones that are experiential like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's very smart. You guys are doing that. And what a perfect backdrop for uh, back to the future. I've been in that s- set many times. Um, so that's really cool. Well, I'm yeah. excited. Well, yeah. I'll, Thanks for letting me sure. promote that. I of really course. appreciate it. And I'm going to put information up about heifer, um, dot org up on motherhood and And I'm going to go. Thank I'm going to go to we your event. We can't wait to it have you there. It sounds a lot of fun. Yeah, I think you're really going to be, I mean, you and your daughter, and you're, like, you'll enjoy it. It's Yay. a great family day. Oh, cool. Well, I'm excited. We'll definitely be there. And um, I'm so thankful for you for coming by my house all the way out in the Glendale um, to talk to me. <laughs> And share with me a little snippet of your life story. I could honestly sit here and talk to you forever. Um, but I know you have to go. And um, I just appreciate you so much. I'm so glad we were able to reconnect. Me too. All right, everybody. I'm going to put more information up about Mindy, where you can follow her on her social media channels as well on Motherhood and Hollywood. That's going to do it for me. You guys have a wonderful week. And remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. Balls.